Welcome to MediaPost's Brand Insider. I'm your host, Steve Smith, Editorial Director of Events here at MediaPost. Each week, we interview marketing leaders from companies old and new about how they build and evolve their brands on an unpredictable media and culture terrain. In addition to this full audio interview in podcast form, we also publish a companion newsletter with highlights from the Q&A. MediaPost has been covering marketing and media news for over 20 years. You can find the Brand Insider Weekly as well as our daily coverage at MediaPost.com. Now, let's get into it. We want to welcome to the Brand Insider, Time Hill, who's the CMO of Bob Evans Farms. That's the grocery food part of the Bob Evans brand. They have scores of SKUs in the food aisles, ranging from oven-baked side dishes to omelet rolls, and of course, their famous sausages. Time has been with the company for almost a decade. Uh, and so, so she's seen a lot of the recent growth and evolution in the brands uh, on the, in the grocery aisles, but also has launched countless campaigns. So let's welcome Time Hill. Hi, Time. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, now, we we just had uh, both a CPG and a QSR brand summit uh, here at Media Post, and it included a number of brands uh, like White Castle, Taco mm -hmm. Bell, and others that have robust grocery extensions of their brands, uh, and people know them from both the restaurant side, but also the, the grocery aisle side. Sure. Uh, everyone links the CPG element of their food service brand uh, differently. Tell us exactly how the Bob Evans Farms brands relates, if at all now, to the restaurant brand. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people, uh, they're, they're not aware that, um, uh, that the restaurant business and the CP business are now two distinct uh, businesses. And, and that's because when we got our, our start, right? So uh, when Bob Evans decided to uh, start making sausage, um, you know, he, he lived in this little small town in Ohio, Gallup Ohio, and started by selling uh, sausage in these 10 pound buckets actually on the side of the road in this small town. Um, and it was all about getting this great tasting, high quality sausage out there because at that time uh, it did not exist on the market. And uh, to give people even more exposure, to the sauces that he'd started selling, uh, he decided to open a restaurant. And, um, and as a matter of fact, if, if you go down to Gallupus, Ohio, you'll find the Bob Evans homestead there and, and literally a parking lot right next to it uh, and a Bob Evans restaurant uh, still today. So, you know, um, both the, the restaurant business and the CPG business, although we are separate and distinct, uh, still share that, that quality and that heritage story. Um, as well as still share a brand name. Mm -hmm. And um, and uh, the, the, the nice thing is that uh, uh, today we are right down the road from each other, uh, our, our headquarters, and um, we do stay uh, still, you know, connected so uh, that we we understand, um, you know, the direction that the restaurants is going. And, and, and obviously we want them to understand where we're going. And, and both of us committed to staying very closely connected to this I this uh, uh, the ideal that Bob started of this high quality you know farm fresh food for everyday people. Is there how about things like manufacturing and supply chain? Are those two distinct? Uh, they are two distinct. distinct as well. Okay. Yes, yes. So so the restaurant uh, organization that's a regional business, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I always say you know I live in Ohio and uh, anywhere you look you see uh, this great marquee uh, of the Bob Evans restaurants. Uh, but on the CPG side, our business is national. And so it requires that we're able to distribute nationally to all of our consumers across the country. 
Now, I tend to, and correct me if I'm wrong, I tend to identify Bob Evans products, especially in the food aisles, as very much in the comfort food lane. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of, I mean, I think the macaroni and cheese, a lot of side dishes, like the mashed potatoes, I see yeah. that a lot in addition, obviously, to the sources. So I'm, real, I'm guessing that this dovetailed really well with consumer desires and demand during the pandemic. Um, Tell, tell me about that demand side. What did you see for, from your product lines in the last year? Were there any surprises there in where you were seeing demand that maybe you didn't expect? Yeah, so I, I think probably like you, a lot of people, they know us for our sauces. They know us for our ma uh, mashed potatoes and macaroni and cheese. Um, they also know us for our eggs, right? Uh, you know, find us in, in the dairy area of the store as well. And even though those products, uh, you know, certainly tie you more even into protein and health and indulgence. Uh, they just know us for good food. And what has uh, what was interesting about the pandemic is that you had more and more people uh, transitioning back to looking for comfort food and looking for foods that were very familiar to them. Mm -hmm. um, now, they did get to a point where they wanted it with a bit of a twist, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, they wanted their eggs, but they wanted to see, like, how can we, we mix in components um, and, and try something different? And, uh, you know, they wanted their their uh, mashed potatoes and their macaroni and cheese. But, uh, you know, how can we try some some new flavor extensions of it? Because, you know, frankly, they got exhausted of cooking, right? Now, how did, uh, by the way, how did you that. know that? What's As a marketer, what signals were you using to understand that you, yet you were seeing that kind of movement in demand? Yeah, so um, we definitely saw, we do a lot of listening in the market, uh, you know, in our, through our social media channels, as well as we've got um, some, some surveys that are out there just consistently. And so we heard it from consumers. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw it in, in some of uh, the, the behaviors, not just in our category, but also across the store. Uh, the, this fatigue with cooking and wanting things that were quick and easy to table and that uh, gave some more, you know, flavor interest. Mm -hmm. So how, what are some of the ways that you responded then? But um, over the last year, what I mean, I imagine there were some major some campaigns, but also when I go to your site, I see a lot of interesting content there. I see a lot of recipe suggestions, for instance. Of, so what was what was the marketing response to that felt needed? Yeah, so uh, we 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 did offer tons of recipes and ideas on different ways to uh, use some of their favorites. Uh, our consumer favorites while uh, still, you know, putting a twist on it. So it's nice because you've got the base of, let's call it our, our mac and cheese. And so what happens when you bring in veggies or you bring in, you know, different flavor components to it, and you can do that in a way that's still easy and, and quick to table. So, you know, we offer that to our consumers. We got really good response off of it. Mm -hmm. um, we also have, uh, you know, some, some new products that, uh, that came out. Um, you know, we have um, a white cheddar, uh, uh, a, a cheddar ranch uh, mac and cheese that uh, that came out in, in Walmart. And uh, that was certainly, you know, very, very much timed to uh, a period where consumers were looking for, you know, more taste, different taste to kind of mix it up. So uh, we responded both ways on both the product development side of the world, as well as kind of your content and your recipe development. Were you able to respond? Was was that a, an already planned product, or was that actually responding to change circumstances? Or are you able to uh, move product development along so quickly that you can respond to say a six month cycle? Yeah, it was a little bit of both. Um, we had been exploring some some flavor extension uh, for a little while, and, and a few different types of different flavors. Um, but as we saw the pandemic coming on and, and start to understand what this was going to mean for people, um, we did lean in to, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that ranch, cheddar ranch, bacon, uh, potato in order to be able to, or excuse me, mac and cheese in order to be able to provide that. 
How about on the media side, uh, in terms of over the last year, how did you, well, let, let's start with messaging. Uh, are, are there particularly uh, successful campaigns in the last year that you think sort of demonstrated some of the places where you were leaning in? Well, you know, I think it's interesting. What we saw from consumers is, uh, um, I, I think, an intense reflection on the things that were really, really important. And it's not that they, you know, forgot about, you know, family, things like that. But uh, it was such a reminder, I think, to everyone, you know, being obviously in, in, in such close contact, but talking about things like, you know, health and safety. Um, and so uh, every year for the past six years, We've done a program uh, uh, called Our Farm Salutes. And, and what I'll say is uh, I don't like to, to talk about it as a campaign because I think campaigns, they start and stop. And this is something that we you know, adopted six years ago. And, uh, and, and we don't see you know, any, uh, any plans to, to move away from it. But this is our opportunity to give back to our military servicemen and women and their families that serve right along with them. And so um, we actually continued uh, that programming. We continue to tell consumers about it and ask them to get involved with us. Mm -hmm. uh, and we saw just really great response uh, from, um, from folks out there that as they were thinking about family and thinking about staying connected, uh, even through the, 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 the pandemic, liking the thought of getting involved in, in helping um, our military families stay connected uh, as well. And so mm -hmm. that was something that, you know, I always hold that up as as something that that Bob Evans does. It's not just a reflection of of who we are, but uh, but but frankly, uh, a really big pride point of mine. Uh, you know, to be to be a part of. So, um, you know, we were we were thrilled that uh, we had as much uh, you know participation and as much consumers leaned in as we as we did. Now. Uh Although the grocery, the grocery uh, aisle was still the one place where we were still seeing live traffic from people, but there was a lot more pre-shopping. There was a lot more delivery going on yes. than before. So clearly, the customer journey was changing over the last year. So I'm curious oh. about your media spend uh, and your and your media allocations. Uh, where which channels were you using differently? Did you make any substantial changes uh, in in where you were advertising and the kinds of formats that you were using? Um, you know, uh, definitely, we we started doing more uh, more online uh, into to in relation or connection with our retailers um, because to your point, because people's behavior had changed. So if you think just about let's talk about breakfast for a second, you know, you had less people that uh, were going to the office, so therefore you had less people running through drive-throughs on the way, mm -hmm. and uh, and still needing and wanting uh, you know breakfast and and frankly eating it in higher. Uh, higher amounts than than we saw pre-pandemic, um, and so uh, that coupled with the fact that you had more on-demand uh, shopping, so I wanted and I wanted to deliver to my home because I'm going to you know uh, not just you know take it in, but I, I might be consuming it immediately. Um, you know that had us leaning uh, more into into digital uh, marketing um, and leading more into uh, driving people through click and collect and some of those. Um, you know, very uh, technology-rich applications. So that was definitely we saw uh, what we we saw as an opportunity and and a change that we made to 
um, uh, where we leaned in from an advertising standpoint. So when you start moving money into digital, for you, is the most bang for your buck coming from partnering with uh, uh, those places that are closest to the point of purchase? So the retailers themselves, the grocery stores and their various digital efforts, the delivery uh, mechanisms, uh, yep. the couponing mechanisms. So, the, so that stuff that's closer down the funnel is really the best place for you rather than deciding we're gonna start doing big branding ads and, and make the internet aware that Bob Evans is on their, is on their store shelves. Yeah, so definitely when it comes to to digital, uh, it, it's closer in, and uh, we do an awful lot, uh, certainly at the store, in the point of decision. And we also understand that that point of decision uh, doesn't necessarily mean in store, uh, although we do a lot there. Uh, it can be someone sitting at their their computer loading up their grocery cart. So uh, that's definitely something that uh, we've done more and more of in the in the last year. Um, and we were moving towards doing more, more anyway, but, but the pandemic certainly accelerated, mm-hmm. um, that trend. Um, we do still see for our, our, our mass media, our, our television, for instance, um, that that's a very effective vehicle for us. Uh, it is, uh, one of the most effective and even efficient ways, uh, for us to capture new households. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we don't see ourselves necessarily departing from what you would, might call a traditional uh, media, but we do, uh, you do see us doing more uh, mm-hmm. as it relates to these close decision uh, points and certainly in the digital space, um, as that's one of the, the, uh, uh, the big ones. We, uh, we, since there was so much more streaming going on during, uh, were you moving any of the traditional linear and cable uh, money into streaming? Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, right now, when, when we say television, uh, for us, it doesn't necessarily mean a ported box, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about television, just how people are consuming the content they find there. And, and so many people, you know, now uh, moving towards uh, moving towards streaming. How do you measure all that? Uh, when, you know, you say that you get a lot of you get a lot of bang for your buck from your TV. How how do you measure the impact of that? And then now as you start moving into these streaming services, which yes. they're all walled gardens with all their own metrics, uh, they're all, all their own ways of measuring things. Yes. How do you compare and contrast and decide where you're really moving the needle? Um, we, we do a lot around measurement. And, and uh, I think if you talk to any CBG marketer, uh, they're probably going to tell you the same thing, that uh, there's a lot of triangulation that happens. Um, we use some uh, some AI tools and um, also some, and also our consumption data that uh, we have going back about three years. And um, that AI tool is constantly uh, updating and, and into that system we bring into, uh, into it our programming uh, so that we can get um, as near in a read as possible and, uh, and establish some attribution. It's not easy, <laughs> you know, um, I'll say, you know, thank, thank goodness for, you know, technology and some advances in, in that area. Um, but it does allow us a, a pretty systematic way of of looking at attribution uh, mm-hmm. and, and with some assumptions, uh, you know, going into the the modeling, um, helping us see, you know, where are we most effective uh, and efficient. Now, um, uh, CBGs traditionally are, are sort of a, because of all the middlemen they have to deal with before they get to the consumer. They've always been attenuated from that first party data. And now, especially this year, with uh, we start seeing a lot of those very tracking mechanisms that you use even to get best guesses about the effectiveness of your media. Those are starting to go away uh, or those are starting to go, go behind walled gardens. So I'm curious, as a CPG marketer, how important is it for you to build a first party? 
party database of users? Uh, and and are there do you have a program that that's actually actively doing that? Um, we don't. We, we, we do use syndicated uh, data as far as consumption behavior goes, and mm -hmm. we balance that against our shipment data. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously, the reason that we want to balance it against that is because we want to understand if we're seeing, you know, big departures. And, and to date, we haven't really we haven't really seen that. So um, that gives us, you know, some confidence in, 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 uh, in that subscription series to um, be able to believe what it's telling us about the market and, and the consumer. So, um, you know, that's at least been been our experience. Uh, I want to talk uh, briefly about um, sort of the, the trend in values-based branding. Now, obviously, you mentioned you have at least a seven-year program when it comes to supporting the troops. Um, and, and I'm curious if over the last year you branched out into any other causes. And for a brand like you that has this sort of longstanding commitment to uh, to a uh, to a particular cause or a particular group uh, subgroup of your own um, of your own customer set, um, I'm 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 curious how you come at this issue now of sort of this value based based branding that most brands are trying to embrace. Do you feel the need to branch out into other causes or other related causes, or do you feel like in this case, look, we have our cause. This has been this has been part of our identity is that we are very much allied with the troops and supporting both the troops and their families at home, whatever hardships they go through. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious, just as a brand, as a, as a CMO sure. of a brand like, like yours, how do you think about that as we go through times like these and other brands are sort of shuffling to find out what their identity is? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Bob Evans has always been a brand and a company with a big heart. And so uh, we, we currently support a number of uh, different uh, charitable organizations across um, you know, all different, uh, you know, verticals or, or industry. So we'll continue to do that as part of just who we are. Um, we've leaned into our Farm Salutes in this programming specifically for military servicemen and women and veterans. Um, and it's interesting because, uh, you know, a few years ago when we launched this program, we actually uh, asked our consumers uh, as well as our employees, you know, um, where we should, uh, you know, make some investment. And overwhelmingly, uh, mm. for our brand, that's what came back. Wow. Um, and it's not necessarily, you know, I think surprising. Bob Evans has all, always been kind of, a, let's call it an Americana, you know, type brand, the the, the connection and in, in back mm -hmm. to farm and farm values. And Bob, you know, really, you know, I think um, allows that to halo really, really well for us. Um, and, and you've got so many people here that have, uh, you know, very personal, uh, you know, connections to, to the military. And so, um, and, and of course, Bob himself, you know, being, you know, uh, uh was, was a member of the, the, uh, army and, and, uh, fought mm -hmm. in World War II. And so it really being part of the fabric of, of the brand. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't necessarily a force fit or, or, you know, how do we like, you know, try to own this or anything like that. It was just really part of of, uh, of who we are. And 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 over the years, we've given just to multiple organizations, uh, Bunker Labs, the USO, you know, the Gary Sinise Foundation, and and actually, um, currently working with the the Gary Sinise Foundation and and the USO, um, and not just in in writing a check. I mean, we've gone to bases and and served uh, you know dinners for families and service members. And, uh, you know, one of our, our long-term programs actually, um, Heroes to CEO, uh, was us identifying a need for uh, veterans that as they, as they finish up their service, they, they want to start something and, and own something, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, 
what we found, and it's going into its fifth year, what we found at the time is that there, there wasn't really a, a good grant giving program um, that that uh, that serviced, you know, such a, a key part of our um, of our communities. And so uh, we were happy to start that. Uh, like I said, that that program uh, is, is going into its fifth year. We provide grants as well as entrepreneurial business coaching um, to veterans and uh, are, are working on on launching uh, year five here coming up in, in another few uh, few weeks. So, you know, that's why I said before, it's less of a campaign for us because mm-hmm. I think campaigns start and they end. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, it's just, you know, more of a part of and a reflection of who Bob Evans has always been, you know, as, a, as an organization. I think, yeah, and I think that I've been hearing that more and more as, uh, from organizations over the last year, how much, uh, not just talking to their customers about this, but talking to their employees is really important, yeah. that having having your employees drive a lot of this is so right. basic to the, the, the sense of authenticity mm-hmm. to, the, to the cause and the commitment and actually being able to communicate yeah. that at all levels and all of your interactions mm-hmm. with with customers. Yeah, it seems to be an important part of it. Oh, it is. You know, uh, uh, as you said before, I've been here a while at uh, Bob Evans, almost almost 10 years. And uh, so it was around, uh, you know, obviously when we started this program and 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 we started it actually right where Bob Evans uh, started, right? We started it, we went down to uh, the farm, uh, the, the, the barn, the gristmill barn, uh, that actually consumers see on the front of every package we have that white barn. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a hold of the real thing and we painted a purple camouflage. Um, we put a message on it, our farm salutes, all who have served and sacrificed, right? And, um, and we flipped the barn and the package, uh, purple as well. And, and the reason we did purple is because that combined, that's a combination of all of the military colors, military service colors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that continues to be, you know, uh, um, a part of the campaign this this going purple for Bob Evans. Uh, so, you know, what I will, uh, what I'll say is that, um, you know, we, we, we built a tribute garden, uh, right there, uh, at that barn, uh, we invited the local community and the first flag that was placed in that garden was by Jewel Evans, uh, and Steve Evans, uh, on behalf of Bob. So, you know, it is when you say it's about, you know, the, peop- the, the people in the organization, you know, not the four walls of it. That's 100 percent, 100 percent right. Uh, you know, and, and um, you know, it's just been a fantastic way uh, that, that we give back. We've done volunteer events, all types of things to continue to, to demonstrate a commitment. Um, to, to switch gears, um, as, as we wind down here, I do want to talk about one, uh, about product diversification, product development, because I know that you launched a few, uh, new breakfast items recently. And I know that also just from our last, from both our QSR and CPG show, the themes were, uh, the theme for both was innovation and Mm -hmm. how product innovation is really becoming a point of differentiation and competition among brands right now. Could you speak a little bit to the the products that you develop, but also that larger issue of how product development has become so much a part of marketing now? Oh, oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, this past year uh, plus has been um, a good testament to it. I mean, you know, we we talked earlier about some of the trends that we were uh, seeing from consumers looking for more, you know, put to table solutions, looking for, um, you know, more product diversification as far as flavor, uh, as flavor goes, and not wanting to sacrifice 
in that convenience, uh, quality, taste, you know, freshness, uh, and, and experience. And so um, as we, you know, brought that in, uh, it actually worked out very well for Bob Evans because those, those, those tenants or those pillars um, have been driving, um, you know, pillars for us, uh, you know, over the last several years as we've talked about uh, innovation. So um, we did launch some, uh, some, some new breakfast innovation. You know, I think breakfast was an interesting uh, spot where um, what we actually heard from consumers is that they were looking for their favorites, things that they, you know, might typically have on the weekend, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then maybe it was a big hoopla to make it, but they were looking for that uh, on, on the everyday, something that was a little more indulgent. And, and frankly, you know, things that, that offered uh, more protein, uh, right? So, um, you know, we, we incorporated that mentality and, and came out with uh, some of our, um, some, some new innovation in egg. Uh, so we have our, our egg bites, uh, where we've got a few different varieties of those and, and certainly leaned in protein. And then uh, we also have omelet wraps uh, and, and, and those products, again, uh, very much focused on, on quick and protein packed. And so, you know, these, these products, uh, like I think most of our products, addressing convenience and ease, addressing uh, product mobility. So does it travel well, even if the only place I'm traveling to is upstairs to the, the new home office? Uh, and how do you do it and, and um, you know, still not sacrifice taste, freshness, you know, have something hot, those types of things. So um, we're, we've been pretty excited about uh, what the consumer has been asking for uh, because it fits right in the wheelhouse and, and uh uh, and has allowed us to do some very interesting things, uh, you know, as a result. Since you've been at Bob Evans for 10 years, over that time, have you seen the role of product development and marketing, uh, the, the relationship between the two change, evolve? Oh, yeah, um, definitely. I mean, it, it's interesting um, that, uh, you know, whereas you had, even when we started out, you know, we had, had more of a drive towards, you know, um, uh, households and distribution and, and, and those types of things, uh, those drives will never go away. But the consumer is getting, you know, uh, is wanting more and more um, as far as at-home solutions go. Mm-hmm. And, and so that means that um, the amount of, of resourcing and uh, frankly, the amount of time uh, spent overall on, on working on those solutions and, and bringing them to market and making sure that they they solve a true consumer need um, is 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 greater, and so um, the connection between marketing. Uh, we obviously have innovation team members as part of a brand organization, uh, but are are very tightly locked uh, with our R and D organization, and um, and and making sure that we can uh, you know satisfy what the consumer wants. Uh, 2021-2022, What are we going to see from you guys? What's new? What's coming? What's going to change? Yeah, you know, I think what you're going to see from from us, certainly on the innovation front, um, is is more and more, more, you know, uh, leaned in on protein, more leaned into mobility, uh, and and uh, things that uh, that travel well for the consumer, and even more emphasis on how to make it that much easier for consumers to to eat well. Um, you're going to see uh, from us the fact that uh, as we innovate, it's going to be more and more in the refrigerated space. You know, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, people expect it uh, out of frozen. 
uh, right? When, when they think innovation, uh, but we, we know that more and more consumers as they move to the perimeter are looking for refrigerated solutions, you know, and, and things that uh, for them that, that signal fresher mm-hmm. um, and from a, uh, an experience standpoint, you know, really deliver on as, as close as they can get, uh, you know, to, um, to kind of making it, uh, making it themselves, right? So, you know, finding their their favorite um, you know foods right next to their their eggs and their milk and and mm-hmm. uh, right next to uh, their meats and 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 the the things that they're putting on their shopping list, um, you know, for for uh, every week, uh, you're going to see more and more of that from Bob Evans. Time Hill, CMO of Bob Evans Farms. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for hitting play on Media Post's Brand Insider podcast. We're here each week interviewing marketing executives from large and small, legacy and emerging brands. They share their experiences navigating the challenges of commercial clutter, media distraction, and consumer disinterest. You can also subscribe to the Brand Insider newsletter for edited text editions of these Q&As. For this and all of the marketing and media news reporting Media Post has provided the industry for two decades, head over to MediaPost.com. And if you have any thoughts, comments, or suggestions for Brand Insider, you can always reach me, Steve Smith, at steve at mediapost.com. Until next week, let's market carefully out there.